Hi, everyone, and welcome to Stoked, the ultimate Star Trek online podcast. This is episode 122. My name is Chris. This is May 5th, and I want to say good morning to all of the fine, fine folks in the jblive.tv chat room who joined me to rock out the show. We've got a great show today, too, because honestly, there's some hot topics in the community that we're going to touch on and kick around. A lot of news vents. Look at that chat room go. You guys are awesome. <laughs> You guys, it's like I'm pulling energy from the chat room right now. Like envision like the reverse of the energy beam from the Enterprise and it's focused on the chat room and they're like, anyways, uh, I won't get into the mechanics of all of that. But what I will get into is this is going to be a, a news heavy episode. There's been a few things that have been going on that the community has sort of been getting a little upset about. We'll cover some of those things, but we're also going to go old school on the Ask Cryptic that came out this week. We're going to go, our, the old approach we used to take on the show was we'd take one of these Ask Cryptics, kind of tear it down, read the, read the tea leaves, see what's kind of being said without being said, give our commentary around that and sort of kick it around. Well, Mav's going to join me in the news roundtable and we're going to do just that. So stick around for that. Then in community feedback, we've got some interesting community events that are going on, some stuff for the Foundry, and a few other things. Also, at some point during the show, we're likely going to tell you, and I'm not promising, but a little birdie told me we might have a new segment coming up. And uh, if you've liked uh, any particular episode of Star Trek ever, you might like this segment. But that's just a rumor that's been going around. I, I don't know. People don't tell me these things. I, I have no idea. I just sit here and, and uh, talk with, with nice hair. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, I'll save all the, uh, all the meat that I have in the news roundtable. So, uh, before we jump to that, I just want to remind everybody that you have literally moments, moments to place an order if you intend to buy something for your mother on Mother's Day. And when you're doing that, please consider using the affiliate links that we have over at jupiterbroadcasting.com. If you scroll all the way down to the very bottom of the Jupiter Broadcasting website, you will find links down there for Amazon US, UK, Newegg, maybe you want to get mom some RAM, or or ThinkGeek, actually, which uh, if you watch our show TechSnap, You'll know that uh, uh, my buddy Alan uh, buys his mom's uh, Mother's Day present from ThinkGeek. And actually, there's some kind of cool stuff there, especially if you have a mom that's into that kind of stuff. Best Buy, Mint.com, Audible if your mom's a bookhound. And uh, also we have on there for Gamefly, if, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you could get yourself video games and say, Mom, I got this for you. It's me staying out of your hair. They could do something like that. Anyways, uh, so thank you to everybody who uses those affiliate links over on our website when they buy something from those websites because you fund the development of all of the shows on the network that don't have any primary sponsorship. And even the ones that do, you actually still help out with costs there too. So I appreciate it very, very much. All right. Well, let's jump into the Stoked News Roundtable. Stoked News Roundtable. Yeah, it's a roundtable of two. That's okay, because we're still going to kick things around. Welcome back to the show, Matt. Thank you for having me back. Now, uh, we've got a whole bunch of things to cover. This has been uh, a week of a lot of big news stories that uh, the community has had a strong response to. I think we should start with the Ask Cryptic, because I think we can branch off a lot from there. So, you ready to kick that around? Let's go for it. All right, I'll read the first point. Uh, So, this came from uh, a a question that said, When can we expect Season 6 on Tribble for the public tester? That's specifically something I've been kind of thinking about lately, just, you know, thinking about testing it here on the show and things like that. And Dan responds, By early June, most of Season 6 will be available for testing, unless, of course, they withhold some features as surprises. So... There we go. Nothing too, nothing too blow uh, earth shaking there. But nothing really blows me away. But we right. know that early June, which seems close. That seems really tight because if they're talking mid June for release, uh, you know, 
Well, we've been here in mid-June, you know, at first, they were saying, well, at first I'd heard, you know, end of June, beginning of July, and actually at first we heard nothing, but then we heard mid-June, July, so there was, you know, yeah. some speculation back and forth, you know, did they lock a date, are they not locking a date, but the, the, the part that has me is the whole holding back content thing, that, that really kind of gives me, you know, a, a throwback bad feeling back to season four, and for those of us who were here for season four, where they said it was going to have all this stuff, and we spent, you know, you know, into the crossfire, you know, dealing with problems all the way through till season five. And then season five basically was the bulk of what season four should have had, you know, namely the DOF system and so on and so forth. So it, it really makes me a little nervous. Nervous because it maybe not not getting the proper testing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I can I can definitely I can definitely see what you're saying there. I I guess it depends on what the feature is, how much impact it has on the game. Because right. you can I can appreciate them wanting to be able to surprise us with something, you know, right. to have something that make us go, ooh. Yeah, so, I don't I mean I don't mind surprises either, you know. It's just one of those things where what I'm afraid is I don't want them to do the same th I don't I definitely don't want them to do the same thing that they did before where they made a lot of uh, egregious promises about what was coming in a, mm -hmm. a particular season and then when the season hits it doesn't deliver yeah, I you get know, the sense they're being more cautious. And that's fine. Like, yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with caution. Just don't, you know, not too cautious. Yeah, yeah, at the same time, yeah, not too cautious, right. yeah. All right, well, uh, they'll also talk about uh, a little bit of features. Uh, they say, uh, is there any, f this question was, is, is there any solid time uh, or date or time frame when we can expect to see more SDF, such as Children of Khan? Now, this, right. it was definitely one of the questions, or actually the answer really is what got uh, the community talking. Uh, for Season 6, we will be adding new space and ground, five captain repeatable missions similar to the SDFs. However, they'll be accessed differently uh, than the current queues. Two of them will be accessed through slots on the event timer. The other two will be accessed similar to the red alerts that pop up at random times now. Uh, so, uh, so pretty strong reactions across the board. One calling them, it, I think Dan kind of might, might have made a boo-boo by putting them in the same category as STFs, mm -hmm. because Gozer pretty quickly came along and said, they're similar to STFs in the sense that they're five-person team missions, but uh, mm -hmm. beyond that, the similarities end. Right. Um, Kind of like the way people make the paid, made the original mistake about the the whole vault shuttle mission. They you know people were calling it an SDF. It's not an SDF. It's just a five person uh, five man mission. Yeah, he says there's a few key differences. He said that uh, you don't get access to STF loot, uh, right. but they'll have their own rewards. Which maybe I'll, I might say something about that. Uh, uh, there are not two separate versions of each one. Normal elite, so there's not a normal and elite version. Right. Uh, they are event gated. STFs are not. Um, and some of them can only be played by max-level characters. Uh, and uh, the ones that are not gated to max-level characters will booster uh, to 50, so that way they can play as well. So it'll you know do that like companion team-up system. Right, it'll, it'll do the level up for grouping. So I'd say the biggest reaction has been to the fact that it's more gated content. Right. And, and I this think, brings us right brings us back to where we were with the gated content situation. People which, don't like it. Uh, you know, I, I I kind of spoke out against that in episode 120 regards to the mm -hmm. shuttle event, uh, and I, I felt like we got a pretty strong response from the audience where there was a lot of agreement um, both in the stove forums and on the comments that we get. I I did a couple of polls on the uh, on with the live audience because I wanted to get a sense how they felt, and I also I also think that. The community that watches Stowe and the community that's that's really active in the forums is likely um, a longer subscriber base. So they kind of have a longer history with the game, and so right. I pulled the live stream. And, and when I pulled the live stream, seventy-five percent of them said that they were 
players prior to the free-to-play launch. Now, I'll right. put this link in the show notes so that viewers can uh, vote as well. But so Okay, so right there, that tells us we've got some long-time uh, players out there. So when I asked them how do they feel about gated contents, do they prefer gated contents? Do they th- feel like it helps build a special event? Or would they like to see gated content removed from the game? Uh, 83% of the votes were, I do not prefer gated content due to various reasons. Only 18% of the people watching live voted for gated content. Now, uh, based on the last poll, we know that these are long-term players in the game, right? Right. Now... We also know that they. Th- we also know that they are the most vocal against gated content. You and I also both against gated content. Long-term players. Right. Um, now, here's where I have a disconnect with what Cryptic Studios is doing. Is uh, in an interview. I think it was. Did you do you remember? Didn't Dan do an interview with like the Twelfth Fleet and they put out yes. a magazine? Yeah. Yeah, they did. In that interview, Dan said. That where he sees Stowe 10 years down the road is it'll be played by hardcore Star Trek fans. Because their demo, that's who their demo is. People right. who are MMO junkies, who love MMOs, they're going to move to whichever game has a new flashy PvP system, has a legacy system, has some sort of new combat, some sort of new guild system. Those types of players that are just into MMOs for MMOs, they're going to jump ship all the time. So they're not really targeting them so much. They're targeting hardcore Star Trek fans. Now, I think you could probably make the argument, and tell me if you disagree, but I think you okay. could argue argue that the people who voted on my polls who are watching a podcast about the video game live on a Saturday morning are some of the most hardcore Star Trek fans are likely to be the long-term players, right? I totally I totally agree. That's a, that's a that's a great assessment. Right. So then why are they introducing content that almost universally across the board? I mean, we have 83% of the votes here that are against gated content, who are theoretically the long-time players of this game, who will be playing this game for 10 years, why are we doing things that all of those people are against? And if the free-to-play players are these uh, quote-unquote MMO junkies who are more likely to jump around, then these types of changes are only going to appease people who are there for churn. And right. it's not going sa- to satisfy the long-term player. And sure, you could argue that Fleet Star Bases are going to do that, but honestly, Fleet Star Bases can't be the entire gameplay. No, it can't be. And the problem, the, I don't know if they're trying to set a precedence or if they're still doing like a testy-feely, see if this works kind of deal. You know, there was people who were diehard against the, the dro- the, these loot boxes that were these, I'm sorry, lock boxes that were dropping, and you know we thought they were going to do away with them, and now it's 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 just now become the norm. People just accept that. Oh well, you know, in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, or whatever, there's going to be another loot box with something in there that will tease me to want to do it, but not give me enough. And I, I mean, I've pulled players in Jupiter Force that have, you know, I myself, I'm sitting on 200 of the Cardassian boxes, 200 of the Feng, of the Ferengi boxes, and they're just going to sit there. You know, until, you know, something happens with them or there's another means to get, you know, master keys for these things, you know, but the gated content, I just, I find it such a hard time swallowing, you know, the mm-hmm. fact that we want you to come and do this particular event at this particular time that is set by us, not mm-hmm. set by the player. Now, I've played other MMOs and, and you know, I've had, you know, H&Ms where we've had to, you know, we've had to spawn camp because the last time it was killed starts a 24-hour timer and that's when it shows up again. That's completely different than gating event because that time changes depending on, you know, what happens in the dynamics of the world depends on when that, you know, it's spawn it's spawn camping. You know, that's one thing. But gating a concept, just like we had a problem with the shuttles things, we would have loved to cover it. 
We couldn't. We were in production. Right. Well, and the part that I I think some of this comes from based on, you know, you can infer based on what developers say, uh, uh, how often and when is not something we can easily control. And we certainly will be watching for feedback once they're up and available to you. And Gozer makes the recommendation that before people get all upset about gated content, we should probably wait and see how see how often they're available in the event calendar. I mean, uh, they, these so t- we know that two of these missions that will be coming will right. be uh, will be event based, so time based. Mm-hmm. The other two will be more like red alerts. And so you it might be one of those deals where there's a red alert type event happening in some sector all the time. The community will pull together in the red alert channel, and that will be that'll be super easy. It'll be a little janky that you have to have a community-based thing to find content in the game that you then have to travel to uh, just to be able to do it. But it'll be there, and it'll be something you can do on demand, hopefully. Now, Gozer sort of implies that the event-based timer stuff will be available frequently. But what he also says here, Mav, is he says, how often and when is something we can easily control? Now, what makes well, me think is that he, what they can't control is the fact that it's event-based in the first place. Who can control? Perfect world. And we know that this is also a perfect world thing to do. Now, here's right. what bothers me. Here's what really gets me upset about that. Right. Is if Cryptic knows, if Cryptic knows that the players, the, and their long-term players who are going to be playing this game in 10 years, like Dan said in his interview, if they know they don't like the event-based content, but Perfect World is pushing their hand, why don't they stand up and push back? Why didn't? Why haven't they ever stood up and pushed back? And maybe they do a lot, and all we see is like what finally just gets pushed through the after they result, finally came. Right. right, maybe they push a lot. But it seems like so many things that have happened in this game have been Atari's fault and have been per- and now Perfect World's fault. And it's never Cryptic's fault. And for whatever reason, even though they're the developers, they're the creators of this world, they're the caretakers of it, it seems like when it comes to stuff that fundamentally pisses off the long-term players, they just roll over and do what the boss tells them to do instead of taking ownership for this game that they've created. And I right. and that is completely speculation on my part. They might fight tooth True. and nail. But right. to me it feels like the word comes down from on high and they just go, "Okay, boss. Well, we'll work right. within those parameters as much as you say. Sure you're pissing off all of the players and people aren't going to be playing in a few years, but that's okay, boss. We'll just do yeah, it." This and is what, they, right. This is what you want. This is what you you know, you sign my check, so here's well this is what we'll do, but we're just right. letting you know that you know, the voices in mass say this is not a good idea, but and, we'll do it. And then they figure, well, if the players really react badly to it, we'll just ratchet it back to a point where we've sort of found a happy medium between what they can tolerate and what makes perfect world happy. Right. Let's stick them in this. Let's stick them in the side with the hot poker for a while and see how much they'll take. And then when we think they're going to bail out, we'll pull it back and say, "Okay, well, we're going to now we're going to increase the times." Look, it, it it's a form of torture, basically, is what it boils down to. We're going to throw <laughs> this in front. We're going to throw this in front of you, and we're going to give you the worst possible scenarios involved with it. And once enough people complain, or we start to see a hurt in the bottom line, then we'll go, uh, "Okay, maybe it was a bad idea." But we're not going to admit it was a bad idea. But instead, we'll just now increase it, or open the times, or make it more available. Now. You know, if they've learned anything from the past with the gating events, God, I hope they did. You know, then the gating, and, and like goes are saying, wait till it actually is out and you'll see, you know, what we're doing. You know, then, you know, and I'm in trying to play the devil's advocate, I'll sit there and say, okay, I, as the longtime player who've been playing since, you know, the beginning to the beginning of the beginning, you know, I will sit here and look at this and go, okay, I will give it its fair shake. But if you, if they're going to keep wrapping it up, 
you know, like this, then they're going to lose more and more long-term players. You're going to anger more and more people, you know, and I understand, well, you know, the new people are come and go wishy-washy. We're trying to build a game for the long-term hardcore players. Then if the long-term hardcore players are saying, this is not a good idea, then why do they still follow this model? And I think you're right. right. It could be, you know, perfect world pushing. This is a model that's worked for us in other games. And, you know, this is how we draw people in. You know, if we schedule these events, then people will are, are forced or feel now forced to log in during those times, regardless of whether they want to or not. It's like, oh, well, it's gated, so now i got to show up at this time. Mm-hmm. Now, the idea about putting them as red alerts, I was talking about it earlier. I kind of like that concept because in the, in the Star Trek universe, Things happen whenever, yeah, yeah, wherever. Yeah. So you could be flying along doing your own business, doffing. Oh, there's a red alert. I got to go here to go handle this. That to me is along the same storyline. That I kind of like. I would rather see more red alerts. But a point that was brought up: look at what happened with the Borg DSEs. Okay. Well, they force and, you to pug. They force you to just do right. whoever's in the area. You're just and, in with them. And that's a problem. They force yeah. you to pug. You can't sit there and you can't, I mean, unless you, unless you have a ready-enabled team and today you guys are going to play until the red alert pops up, you know, that's one thing. But then, like with the DSCs, you're forced to pug. You're going in with whoever, whenever, however. You don't know. And a lot of the times, I mean, I just quit anything. playing them because those people just want to accolade, accolade grind. They don't, they're right. not actually interested in beating the boss. Right. They're going in and they're just killing Borg and then there's, you know, they're getting kill points or they're getting DPS points or whatever. And then it, it, it becomes a waste of time. I stopped hunting it. I stopped accolade hunting it myself because I, I couldn't get it done because people were going in. You know, I was going in with, you know, like four Mirandas. They're just going in there to do whatever. And I'm like, I can't, it, it's never going to get done. Right. Right. You know, so um, that, that, I mean, there's a give and take, but you know, how much are you going to poke the community before they finally say, you know what, we're done with you. Well, here's the big picture. I mean, as players, I think we have to infer that the longtime players are potentially the minority player base, and the free-to-play players are the majority. And I'm right. sure Cryptic has all kinds of metrics that can confirm what they're doing is great, just like they have metrics that tell them they shouldn't make featured episodes anymore. I mean, right. it's, it's a great situation for them because Perfect World's probably telling them one thing, their metrics are telling them the same thing, and it seems like it makes sense. Of course, what they really do is they create this divide in the community between the free-to-players and the long-time players, and they, they build animosity there, which of course is poisonous to the community, which is poisonous to the long-term success of the game. But it seems short-sighted to me. But I, I, I feel like also all of these are just assumptions based on observations. Now, granted, observations have been going on since the game ever launched, and it's been watching it now with a, with years of perspective on this. It right. seems like it's not the right direction to me, and that's very disappointing. But it, you know, I, the only thing we can do now is just wait and see, and and, and hope that Cryptic takes it in the right direction, right. and hope that they can try to figure out a way to integrate the two communities. I hope they can, and and, and something the community has already been boisterous about. Out. Even with the Borg DSCs, uh, the red alerts, half the time you go into them, they're empty, you know, because it's either a time lag or something. It, it, it's not closing and, 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 and working, you know, properly. It pops up and people go in and there's nothing to do because it's our, it's one, for whatever reason, it's already been done or whatever. So there's there's different issues that, that don't contribute to right. doing things. You know, the business as normal thing is not going to work. It, they need to come up with a different concept. Right. All right. Well, moving on, because there's actually some good news, too, to talk about. Uh, Oh, yeah. 
So uh, in uh, in uh, Dan Stahl's uh, Ask Cryptic, a vice admiral, uh, so he says, this is a question that came in from uh, Captain Pernod, Peron, I'm not sure. Uh, As many vice admirals have now played through the game and are maxed out with their ship character and their abilities, what are things that we can look forward to? That's a great question, and uh, Dan Absolutely. Stahl says, uh, a new fleet advancement system along with new challenging group missions bounce for max level characters, that's the missions we just talked about, Right. Uh, uh, and the fact, and I thought this was an interesting point that he made, because this is kind of putting it out there, the fact that our team has has been staffing up and is currently twice the size as it was all of last year. So, uh, you know, I, I think what he's trying to say is, and he's kind of inferred it several times in this Ask Cryptic, is once season six is out, right. we're going to start working on things that we, I mean, we have, a, we have a whole team here that's going to be available to work on things, as I think what right. he's really saying is right. that, you know, Right. Understanding that with season six and, and what some people may or may not realize, season six is a, is a huge code base update. You know, they are upgrading the engine to do more than what it's capable of doing now. So there's a lot of potential for some great things to come out. And if he has a staff in place that can work with these new tools and new potentials, I'm all for it. That to me would equal new content, new missions both sides hopefully maybe a new faction on top of what they're developing so i'm hoping that you know with season six and the update to the code base and now added staff you know that it's it, it's 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 this ready aim let's get going fire kind of scenario and i'm really hoping i am hoping yeah because just like every other diehard star trek fan out there you know we want this game to succeed we want it to succeed it fills the niche right now because there is nothing else for one and two, you know, it, we have we have huge hopes, and it is. Well, fun I think the say. thing that I always come back to is it's the it's the continuation, it's the living continuation of the Prime Universe, which now Paramount really isn't going to be developing uh, directly yeah, or, or right. CBS. Uh, okay, so th- other, speaking of things that I was hoping to see, as I was hoping to see the crafting system hit season six, but now we have official word from Dan Stahl. Uh, the question from uh, Blue Geek came. A crafting revamp was previously mentioned. Is there any chance this will be development prior to Season 7's release? Uh, and Dan Stahl's answer is a crafting system revamp is coming, but we have yet to announce which update it will be in, only that it is not in Season 6. You'll have to stay tuned for more news on this. Now, I am a master crafter. I was you love crafting. I love crafting. I love crafting in every MMO I've ever played. Um, you know, I am a big advocate of them changing crafting because when they started using the dilithium gate on the crafting that's when i stopped because you're making it more difficult for the individual person to craft something unique you know and i have ideas the way the crafting system my ideas the way the crafting system they definitely don't match with with what they got going on here but i'm hoping that there is some solid development going into crafting because I think crafting could be a fundamental part of this game, you know, from different races, different creeds, whatever. And it seems know. like it could be far-reaching from the DOF system to ship interiors. There's to, so much room for, yeah. for, for tweaking this, that, and the other and making, you know, crafting such a unique system. And it's just, it's stagnant. And I have a feeling that even with all the development, you're, you're just not going to have a player unless something fantastic mm-hmm. comes out of a crafting. Although I know. think it does sort of reflect a very obvious... I mean, again, there is an MMO players feature that they are saying, we're going to set this aside. It's not a priority. We're going to focus on the Star Trek fan things, the fleet star bases and things like that, which I think is an interesting precedent. To I mean, that is their actions are always the loudest, you know, speak louder than words, actions, blah, right. blah, blah, whatever that's right. saying. This is an action right there. We're seeing it. This is a very obvious action that we're putting 
putting this on the shelf. Um, So one last little thing, just as kind of a positive note to end the Ask Cryptic on, is it sounds like we could see new PvP maps hit Tribble by the end of May, which could be a really great thing. I'm still waiting to see what is it uh, the the prison that prison map pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. And, and we're dying for it, and we've been teased on it at least two or three times. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Well, if it does, uh, we'll have to do like a live gameplay PvP event on the show or something. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. All right. Well, let's talk uh, about or unless there's anything else you want to say on that. Uh, I don't think there was anything else in the ass cryptic. Yeah, let's talk about the Cation Carrier, huh? So, okay. a new ship, you know me, I'm a ship guy. Now, I don't have this one yet, but uh, Bridger anyway. Bridger in our uh, in our fleet did grab it, and uh, he, he got some screenshots that we'll be able to show. Uh, it's, uh, it's a carrier ship, so it's a fed carrier ship, meaning it can launch little battleships. Uh, that got some KDF players upset, uh, but yeah. uh, I'll say this. I mean, you know, just as a ship person in general, it sure looks like a pretty ship. It looks really, it looks really like it kind of doesn't, you know, like uh, like we had in our interview with uh, the Starship designers. They like playing with the alien ships because they get to go different directions. Right. It's, it's definitely a different direction. What do you think? Uh, well, originally when I first saw it, and I was, I, and uh, some of the people were telling me, "Oh my God, it's a new Romulan ship," because it was it was very close to looking right. very Romulan like, and they're like, "No, no, no, it's Cation," and I'm just like, "Yeah, okay, yeah I should let's say it's not it's... like human fed. It's it's Cation. Right. Yeah, it's Cation. Yeah. It's Cation yeah. fed. Yeah, yeah." Um, there's been some people saying that it's actually more powerful in a sense than the KDF, now that the feds have one. It depends on uh, your science abilities, I would suppose, huh? I would suppose it depends on your loadout and what you know and how much experience you have it. I think those people who are experienced KDF players who purchased the, the Fedcation carrier uh, are going to have an interesting time uh, playing it. Very little learning curve. Uh, I myself am going to have to learn it from scratch because I don't play it. I have never played a carrier at all. It's got a, on, it's got a five turning radius, so it turns about the speed of the odyssey yeah, it's right it's it's a tugboat yeah <laughs> um the part i was kind of disappointed with uh, and i don't know if the community agrees with me on it is that it didn't come with any kind of a unique bridge no and in fact the chat room right now is asking to show screenshots of the bridge and i was like uh, there's there's no bridge it's, there's no there's it's and, a generic fed bridge and which, it, it, and which doesn't fit because it's not a federation ship it's not right. a starfleet built vessel right so it was like couldn't they have done something i mean you could and, and this is where i, I may be open mouth insert foot here you can spend time to create a map that's only used for a couple of days uh well now but come on wouldn't you rather they spent that on something we all got for free than something we have to buy with c-store points but this is what i'm saying if they can spend time to build like utopia panisha couldn't they have spent a little bit of time to create a bridge that was unique for the cations i mean well yeah it, but you know the thing is the cations it'd have to be a totally new design so there'd probably be no right. quick thing about it what i'm saying is if they are going to spend time on something they'd rather be something we all get Right, but here's but here's the thing though, you know, and, and this goes back to talking about the Jam Jams interview. How he loves to do alien ships and he loves to do this uh-huh, and the other. Uh-huh. With all that love with alien ships and the fact that the Cations require nothing really, you know, there's it's completely it's an open format. They can do whatever they want. This to me could have been their opportunity to really shine from you know an unknown point of view to bring something that's like oh wow this has never been seen before yeah you know, you know and, i and think uh i think silver wings in the chat room might have touched on it mav is the problem is is the engine doesn't really have litter box technology at this point so yeah, how do you build a ship and if you can't put litter boxes in there that's going to be one messy cation ship oh that's funny i think you it know, came right? down to litter box limitations litter box <laughs> limitations right so 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 scattering field is actually scattering litter across the field right exactly yeah <laughs> blowing it out 
Uh, yep. All right, so clogging up the ram scoops. I I might pick out. You know, I I I am a science officer. I love ships. I think I might pick up this Cajun character uh, Cajun ship. It's two thousand cryptic points. I would like to see a bridge. I'll I'll go with you there. But the whole the whole uh, to pulling little ships and stuff like that would probably just be too much fun. And it's yeah, always been I, like something that I've looked over at the KDF side and been like, I would like to have that. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm gonna pick it up too because it's like finally it is a carrier that the feds can use. Uh, that you can, you know, trick out. And it seems, I believe, looking at it, that the, my first impressions was it's, it is kind of science-heavy. So I'm, I'm willing to take a look at it and see what happens. Yeah. And uh, uh, we've, got, uh, we've got links to screenshots so you can check out, like, what the fighters look like. And I've even seen some really high-res shots of the fighter launch bay that if, uh, if I can find them, we'll try to put them in the show because it looked really awesome. Right. Uh, all right. Well, uh, so one of the things that kicked off this week, and it's going to be going all month long for the month of May, is the featured episode reruns. Right. Uh, They've uh, they've started May third, and it's the Davidian series right now that'll r- run through the ninth. And uh, now we have decided to kind of take a little different track with these. We are not doing anything this week, but starting next week, it's Cloaked Intentions, the Romulan and the Remans, uh, where you get the special Reman bridge officer. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're uh, 34 on the Fed side or 36 on the KDF side, uh, you can join this out. You can check out this mission. Now, what we thought we'd do, since we've already played these and reviewed them on the show, mm-hmm. uh, what we'll do instead is we're going to introduce a new segment called Talk Trek, where we're going to take. Some, so something that's happening in, in game generally, and and pull out the Star Trek inspirations from that and talk about those. So since these are Romulan focused episodes that uh, are in reruns, and this will be May 10th through the 16th, we figured next week on Stoked we'll introduce our first Talk Trek segment, and uh, we're going to talk about some of the best Romulan episodes, at least as we see it, from right. the Next Generation. Do you have mm-hmm. the list? Do you have the list handy, Matt? Yes, I do. A couple right. of the episodes that we we, we were compiling, and we're going to try to go in order from different series. Uh, we understand there's a lot of different Romulan episodes from a lot of different series. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, we were every, as we started, we started out with one or two, and then it became six and ten. It was like, okay, no, we got to trim this down. Yeah. So uh, we tried to go through some of the best episodes that were Romulan focused uh, in the series, and one of the first episodes we in, came up with in TNG. We thought too we'd limit it to TNG for this time around, but we might, right. you know. Go out. We'll go to other other series for other future segments. Yeah. So yeah. this this what I'm about to tell you is mostly TNG episodes. We do have a spattering of a couple of other ones in here, um, and the couple of other ones would be Balance of Terror from the original yeah. series. Yeah. You, you got to give that one a mention. It's like it's like the original original. It's the original. It's yeah. the original. Right. right. You know, now I I grew up next generation along with a lot of people I know. Uh, so the first one that came up uh, was the Defector from season three. Yes. Uh, and for those of you who haven't watched it, which I don't know why you wouldn't have. What here. a great episode of Star Trek. You remember this one, right? The Romulan defector become, comes aboard the Enterprise. He thinks he knows about like a secret Romulan base where mm-hmm. they're building stuff. Uh, but there's a really great twist in this episode. Very, very good. This was definitely, uh, I mean, I'm not a Ronald Moore fan, but, you, you know, he wrote this one. And uh, this was really, this was an example of when season three really started to get good in TNG. Yep, yep, and so, this, and it just it, it just came across the chat, and I'm going to cover it too. Redemption Part One and Two, another great series. Yes, it was a little bit, it was a little bit heavy on you know Worf and regaining his name, but the the, the Romulan subtwists and how they were twisting and manipulating things, right. uh, really shows what the Romulans you know were really about uh, as far as trying to get you know just completely turn the Federation upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great one to watch how cunning they could be. Right. Uh, another one, unification. Now, this again is a double is a kind of a double throwback. You got Spock in there. You know, you've got them. You know, on the Romulan homeworld, seeing how things are. Um, 
Yeah, that I love. You know, this is this is one of the best. Uh, I think one of the best series crossover episodes ever done. Um, plus, you get to see Data and Picard as Romulans, which is a ton of fun. Right. Uh, then you, you mentioned it. Seeing as Data and Picard were Romulans, we go into Face of the Enemy, where Deanna Troy was you know, altered to act as a Tal Shiar under a secret mission uh, for the Federation and the Romulans. Yeah, so, this one was great because she just wakes up and she's a Romulan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know what? You, there was no pre-story to it. You just, the episode started with her as a Romulan and you're like, what in the world's yeah, going on here? Yeah, and this you is know? probably one of my few favorite Deanna, well, I don't really have many favorite Deanna Troy episodes, but this is a Deanna Troy episode that I like. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, right. I don't want to come on here and hate, but I'm not a huge fan. Uh, so, uh, all right. Uh, now, anything else on that list? I can't remember. Uh, the, the last one, yeah, okay. the A&R from Enterprise Season Okay. Four. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, which is you know, the, the pre-throwback to Toss, as you would think about it, uh, you know, where the Romulans are being, you know, first starting to really show up uh, in the series. So those are a few of our, those are the few of the episodes that we've come up with. Um, if you have any other favorite episodes, you can feel free to email us at stoked at jupiterbroadcasting.com and we'll mm -hmm. go ahead, uh, we'll go watch them and, you know, so, yeah, I'm going to watch, I think I'm going to watch, I'm going to try to watch all of the TNG ones. Yeah. Uh, for, so when we, so next week when Stoke comes back and the, and the Romulan series is in replay in the game, we'll talk about some of our favorite Romulan episodes. And if you have a chance to watch those as well, and remember if you're a Netflix customer or an Amazon Prime customer, I'm not sure about Amazon Prime actually, but I guess it's only on Netflix where you can stream them all. Yeah. Netflix. Um, but yeah. then they are coming on Blu-ray. They are oh, coming. Oh yeah, I know. Season one yep. is coming soon. Uh, so yeah, so that's the, that'll be the new Talk Trek segment. I'm, I'm excited about doing that. So yeah, the Talk Trek segment, we're going to try to cover as much as we can. We're going to be able to open up a different avenue with Stoked. Uh, we'll try to tie in you know, different things, different uh, from the shows. Right, like for, for an obvious the, example, the, uh, right. the Cardassian or Breen, the Breen series, you know, we're gonna, that's Deep Space Nine. I think right. we got to go Deep Space Nine on that one. Uh, there could be some ones that you go Voyager. You never know. Right, so, right. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, you know, while we're on the general topic of Star Trek, we have something in here about uh, Walter Koning too, don't we? Yes, we did. Walter Keening is Keening. finally, finally, right. Keening, yes, he's finally getting his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He's the last star to get one. The last one before him was, uh, was rest in peace, Jimmy Doohan. Uh, and uh, there's a huge whole event going on um, uh, for that event. Uh, I believe it's, he's scheduled to, it's supposed to happen on June 21st. Uh, I understand that there's, uh, there's already people who know about this. Again, with the Talk Trek segment, this is all new stuff. We normally wouldn't have even covered this, but we're covering it, just kind of getting more of the community involved uh, in what's going on. Yeah, this is great. Uh, so, uh, wait, September 10th is when they're installing it, September 10th. Yeah, September 10th, yep. Yeah, so congratulations. It was, it was, it, it was announced on June 21st. I, I can't believe you didn't have one. Yeah, I'm. well, from what I was told and, and from doing some research, it seems that that's normal for, you know, the Hollywood Walk of Fame crew is that, you know, it takes such a long time uh, for them to, you know, commit to these stars. And considering it was like almost like a it was like a 12 year break between when Nichelle Nichols got hers and Jimmy oh. Doohead got his. So, you know, there's for whatever reason, it seems to take that long. I don't know why. But yeah. It does. Yeah. So uh, a little birdie tells me that you might be packing your bags and going on a trip soon, huh? Yes, I am. That sounds the exciting. What's going on? Basically, what's happening is, along with a couple of other uh, companies, Massively G&T, Trek Radio, which I am now affiliated with Trek Radio, and I'll bring that up again in just a moment, uh, I will be broadcasting live from the Star Trek Las Vegas convention this year, August 9th through the 12th. 
for those people who uh, are able to go, please stop by by all means. There are some very exciting things going on with Cryptic that I cannot disclose right now. Uh, but please, we hope you can stop by and enjoy it. I'm going to try to get some very exclusive interviews, uh, just like uh, it was linked in the chat room about the uh, Next Generation Exposed at the Calgary. Uh, I believe this weekend right now, uh, they are in Philly doing their, uh, yeah, yeah. their convention. And there's another one in Nashville a few weeks later. Uh, we're going to try to get a lot of uh, interviews with the cast. Uh, there is actually a cryptic dev panel uh, that is being hosted by Massively and Trek Radio. Um, I don't know if we're going to be able to stream that live, uh, but I'm going to bring to you at least the recordings of everything that happens there, along with uh, anything else that I can get uh, from star oh interviews my gosh. to but panels to anything. And, you know, I'm hoping that's going to be that, fun. Yep. Definitely. Definitely going to be fun. Hope to see you there. Uh, I know I'm going to be there. Uh, Chris, unfortunately, is not going to be able to make it. I'm kind of going in his place. I'm hoping to get Irish uh, Dark Shadow to come down. And a couple other people uh, are going to be helping us staff that booth. Uh, and we hope to see you there. In yeah. Oh my gosh! If you're going, be sure to catch up with Mav and get your face on camera. And maybe you can make it in the show. It'd be very yep, cool. Yep. Now, right. as it pertains to Trek Radio, uh, I myself have just recently signed on with Trek Radio, and I will be hosting a show. I'm hoping to have a time slot available uh, Saturday mornings. And I, and, and I say this because I'm I'm looking at the, the player base here. Saturday mornings from 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Uh, is when I'm going to be having. Now, my, is that what time? What time zone? That's gonna be, this is the Eastern time frame. I, okay, I, so, so I 1, 1 to what? Version. When? when? 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Eastern time. DJ Mav. Okay, and uh, I'm going to be, you know, spinning music. I'm going to be, you know, maybe having talks. I have no idea what I'm going to be formatting in the show. I'll end up <laughs> live every morning, and it's completely unrestricted. It's not going to be all stoked stuff. It's just, you know, having a good time playing music, playing the game. Uh, and so on and so forth. So I hope to have you guys listening in on that. When Plus, uh, that I'm sure as the convention gets closer, all kinds of updates on that, too, and oh, things yeah, like yeah. that. So, yeah, I'm going to be kicking off updates uh, not only through the radio show, uh, but through Stoke, through Talk Trek, and letting you guys know what comes up and what we can find out. Nice. So, uh, man, I think that's everything we have in the news roundtable. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much how the news goes. All right, dude. Well, then let's get into community feedback. <laughs> And welcome to Community Feedback. Yeah, Mav's still here because he does community feedback with us. And he's got a couple of items he wants to cover this week. Things that are going on in the community, things that people have written in to tell us about. So thank you for sending your emails to stoked at jupiterbroadcasting.com. All right, Mav, what is our first topic for community well, feedback? The first topic is I've been notified by Gates of Stovacore uh, that they are sponsoring a Klingon Foundry Mission Contest featuring the Ferengi. The best KDF missions will be selected and awarded a Ferengi Decor Maraudership. So they already have a prize ready to give out. These uh -huh. missions must be for the KDF faction. They must have a maximum playtime of about 30 to 45 minutes. None of these little console clickers, no cheating. 
you know, and must feature the Ferengi in some way. For information, they want you to check out the Gates of Stovacore website for the full announcement, and it's also on the forums to sign up. Yeah, um, and we'll have links in the show notes for that. Yep, and so, there is an audio. There is an audio that they sent us. Uh, we can't get it on the show right now due to technical issues, but you'll be able to go and listen to it by going right to Gates of Stovacore and picking it up from the Stove forums. Cool, that's good. A little love for the KDF side, and that's so I'm thank you. Thank you, Sori, or Karath, uh, for sending that on, that yeah. one into us. Yeah, all right, what's and the second item? Now, I had a personal challenge which came over uh, that I was told to put out. This all one right. comes. This one comes from Nemesis Chicken. He has created an, uh, an interactive biography lore mission, which means this is not a combat mission by any means. Okay. Okay, this is a lore mission. It's available on both the Fed and KDF. Okay. Okay, it's the United Federation. It's titled... UFOP, United Federation of Planets, do it duty, or <laughs> United Federation of Planets, Tarash Moore. Okay. Good job. That, nice. That's good. That, that's probably how you pronounce it. <laughs> we, we, I, I talked with Nemesis about trying uh, to get the position okay. to try to get it right. But it's available. You'll, the, the, the name of the mission will be uh, available. I'll put it into the chat here. Nemesis so, Chicken's in the chat room, too. The smiley yeah, Nemesis, face, I think, indicates you got it right. Yeah, ne Nemesis Chicken's in the chat room here. I'll go ahead. He can go ahead and put in the uh the names of the mission so that people can see it cool. this is his challenge the way he's written it is there are hidden easter eggs within the dialogue of the mission oh okay. as you progress through it if you're able to get through and unlock the easter eggs and i can't tell you how to get them because even i don't know how to get them <laughs> but if you are successful you will get a pop-up dialogue indicating that you have unlocked it and what that guarantee what that what the challenge is is if you're able to get it he will craft you any unbounded item off of memory alpha's crafting system whoa okay so the instructions on how to submit your for your winnings are included in the mission so you must try to find these things in the mission uh you know and i wish you the best of luck i have not played it i'm interested it created a lot of buzz and i think you know, it should be very interesting to see if people can find, you know, find the Easter eggs. Yeah. Speaking of the Foundry, I know everyone was a little disappointed last week that uh, uh, I didn't have the Foundry files. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. People gave me a lot of crap for that. Like, Chris, yeah, you noob. Well, you know what? You know what happened is, is we had a little uh, we had a little uh, technical demo here in the studio and we had to clean up some hard drive space and well that got that got cleaned up along with it but we'll reshoot it in the future and uh, we'll start releasing those again so for those of you who want us to get hey you know the, the worst part is it was a great foundry mission so we're gonna redo the whole thing we'll reshoot yeah. the whole thing and I'll replay it on the live stream and all of it from top to bottom and and uh, we'll get that out again soon so stay tuned look forward to that and uh, then down the road we'll be releasing those as their own independent podcasts that you'll be able to download and we'll have more details on where you can find those when that happens so yeah all right so you foundry authors who are out there you know if you've got a mission you want us to cover or you want us to whether you want us to cover it in foundry files as an in-depth thing or you want us to quickly give us a blurb this is your opportunity email us at stoked at jupiterbroadcasting.com give us your mission you know whether it's fed or kdf is it combat based just give us a little quick you know synopsis of it and if you know like nemesis chicken and like sorry if you've got something special coming up and or you know or you think your mission you know is is noteworthy send it to us we'll review it we'll get it out there and we'll get your author and your writing skills uh published out there so people and if you do a bad job well oh, you maybe don't it. send it in just don't send it in <laughs> yeah if you're not quite sure 
or even if you're looking for tips and tricks, you can always go yeah. to Podcast UGCs, uh, Starbase UGC. They can, mm-hmm. I mean, there's some great people who can tell you all kinds of tricks yeah. about that kind of stuff. I am not a Foundry author, so I don't know all the tips and tricks to, to get some of that stuff done. But there's some great yeah. writers and great people out there willing to help you. And once you get it all done, send it to us. We'll showcase it. Take a look. And uh, we'll get it out there for you and get your exposure. Absolutely. All right, Mav. Well, I think that wraps up the whole show right then and there. We did it. So uh, Stoke, of course, is live on Saturdays over jblive.tv at 11 a.m. Pacific. And then it releases for downloads on Tuesday. Usually I even get it out Monday evening. So if you can get it for your commute or whatever you like, just go to jupiterbroadcasting.com in the mornings on Tuesday and find the latest episode of Stoked. And then in there, you'll also find RSS subscribe links. You can click on those and then you get the show automatically when we release a new episode. So uh, Mav, uh, thanks for joining me and kicking everything around today. Yep, yep. And for those of who, who, you know, like to listen to the audio format, we are syndicated on Trek Radio. We come on at 12 o'clock in the afternoon from 12 to 1 uh, on Thursday. So if you want to just quickly listen to Stoked while you're in your middle of your game, you can always pick it up that way as well. You can always just download the MP3 file too, of course. So we sure. do make it available in MP3. Although Stoke doesn't, there's not a huge amount of people that listen to audio because I think it's a pretty visual show. But yeah, it's a very visual show. I always, but, you know, when we started the show, I always thought it would be audio because you could, like you said, you could listen while you play. Well, Makes actually, sense originally, to me. that's how I started. What? That's how I started with Stoked. Was I downloaded everything on my iPod and I would listen to it on my way to work, and yeah. that's how it would tease me. So when I got home from work, it's like I got to play, I got to play, I got to play. You know, so I can see this, so I can you know see everything you guys are talking about. That's how yeah. I started out with Stoked way back in the day. Well, there you go. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for tuning to this week's episode of Stoked, and we'll see you right back here next week. Here we go. Here, here we go. Hit, 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 here we go. 122 on May 5th. On May 5th. Oh, on my stash. Should I grow it back or leave it cut? Watch the macadamia nuts disappear into the subspace anomaly over there. Ah, that's cool, right?